Today's episode of Off The Block Swimming Podcast is proudly brought to you by our great sponsors, DMC Fins. DMC Fins are the best training fins in the business. Just have a look around in everybody's kit bag on pool deck and there's a pair of DMC Fins in there. Swimmers, surfers, they're all using DMC Fins as their choice of aquatic propulsion. Even superstar Cody Simpson is using DMC Fins to help with his training towards Paris 2024. Head over to dmcfins.com.au right now for all the latest deals and discounts on fins as well as hand paddles and other training aids and use the promotion code OFF THE BLOCKS for a 10% discount at checkout. Australia in four, the United States in five. Up, McKenzie at the bottom, Stubbins of Upper, Schlanger in six, then to the yellow lane, Henry. Green start, Newell's got into the water quickly, but so did Joyce. Was short of Germany was away well. They'll go to the wall all together. Pick that one. Bloomer at back ahead of Manuel and Herisha Menya. What a shot, Peterson stumps her authority on another 200 breaststroke. Now Henry is starting to come out now. Hello everyone and welcome once again to the Shannon Rollison podcast for another week. Thank you all very much for joining us as I introduce the man that the podcast is named after, Mr. Shannon Rollison. Shannon, how are you, mate? Morning, Robbie. Uh, not too bad after last night's game. Uh, disappointing as it was, but anyway, I managed to get up. I didn't have any tra- uh, training this morning, so that was good. I had a bit of a sleep in. So. Oh, look at you go. Yeah, normally I've got the sleep in on a Thursday morning and you, you're up on the – you've got to sleep in Wednesdays, don't you, normally? Yeah, so we had two in a row, so I'm as fresh as a daisy. Well, I thought there was something different about you today. Is there anything different about you today? Yeah, well, I'm older. I'm older. It's my birthday today. I know that. But I'm a, I'm a bad loser. So um, when New South Wales don't win, I'm just I'm, – I sulk a lot. Um, as If anyone's watched the Channel 9 coverage, if you ever see Andrew Johns after a game where he's just sort of sitting there sulking like a little baby – that's a very good depiction of me as well after a, after a loss. Remember last year when he had a go at Fatty Wharton? That was good. Yeah, well, because so what happened? Was it last year or the year before? I can't remember, but it was up at Suncorp and, you know, they do their panel show. So for all the listeners who aren't Australian, apologies because you're not sort of getting the, the back end of this. So it's all about rugby league, New South Wales versus Queensland. Andrew Johns were the greatest New South Wales and Australian uh, rugby league players of all time. And anyway up at Suncorp in Queensland in Brisbane, and they do their, like, post-game show in the corner of the stadium down at the end. And obviously Queensland had gone on to win the series, and the crowd were just hammering him from the side, just just into him. And then obviously, yeah, Fatty Vorton's, you know, geeing him up like, oh, it's just, as I said to you before we clicked start, yeah, it's just a Queensland thing. We just get it done. We just find a way. We just, all that stuff that just, I don't know, it just, it grates on me too. I just, I, I don't, I don't like it. And, uh, yeah, he ended up, yeah, I think he told him to piss off and then he left. He left the thing. He went up and they found him in the corner of the stadium just kicking a wall somewhere. He was so, he was so mad about it. So, 
Yeah, not, I'm not a bad, uh, I'm not a good loser. Well, what, how do you go in terms of like when you're right behind a team or do you, do you win and lose a bit, a bit more calmly or? Oh, um, I, yeah, I'd probably say in general, yes. I didn't watch the last minute last night because I just couldn't stand hearing about all the Queensland crap that they go on about. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just it's just verbal diarrhea. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and there's I can't recall um ever doing that. Like if power is playing, I'll watch it to the end no matter what. Mm. Um but yeah, I just it, yeah. Yeah, as you said, it grinds your, your teeth a bit. So I can understand where Joey Johns is coming from. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know why. Uh, see, Queensland, they love the underdog tag. I, I don't know how they've even got it. Like, if I was coaching New South Wales, Queensland would never, ever be the underdog. Yeah. I mean, it's statistically not even possible for them to be the underdog. I don't know how it's uh, it's allowed. Yeah. I would be turning the tables. It'd be the first thing I did because they'll be uncomfortable then because they love to be the underdog, you know. Well, I might put so. you in touch with Freddie. I've, I know someone who's got his number. I'll get you. You can get it. You can get into camp, and uh, you can you can give him a, a few tips for for game two. Um, yeah, they were they were the um, underdog on. Um, not that I, I'm big into gambling, but even just for the bookies, they were the uh, the Blues were favourite. So. I, I wouldn't have said we should be far. I would have thought it was even. Yeah, how can you win a series and then the next year you be the underdog? I mean, that just seems to go on all the time. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't so. make sense to me. Um, just quickly for all the listeners who might not have heard a backstory uh, on your origins, obviously you're from Queensland, but you're going for New South Wales. Well, I was born in New South Wales. Oh, there you go. Okay. So St. George Hospital. St. George Hospital. There you go. <laughs> okay, so how long were you down here before you went up there? Uh, three or four years in Greenacre. I bet your Greenacre is not the same as you remember it. <laughs> Apparently it was changing when I was young. <laughs> Might have prompted the move. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, um, so I probably yeah. should be going for Canterbury Bulldogs, but I'm a Parramatta yeah. guy, so. Anyway, well, yeah, I just I can imagine there's people out there going, "Wait, didn't Shannon coach up in Queensland?" So just just to give people a bit of a, a backstory into why he's going for the Blues, um, it'd be easier to go for Queensland for sure. New, going for New South Wales is just it's like oh, I don't know. I just get such anxiety the whole way through the game. I never feel comfortable, even if we're winning by ten with five to go. I'd still be like, "Oh, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen." <laughs> Well, I mean, last night, I, I I thought New South Wales were playing quite well all the way through. Mm. I think um, even though they were 10 down, I didn't think they were out of the game. Um, and with 12 minutes to go, I thought they were the better team. Yeah. But when that guy got sent off, they just it, – it's like they sort of – I'm not going to say dropped the ball, but I think they thought, ah, oh, we got it. You know, like the intensity just dropped a couple of percent and that's all that, you know, was was required. So, yeah. yeah. It's definitely, I agree with you um, in terms of the intensity. Um, 
because you could see it. For anyone who's watched, who watched the game will understand what I'm saying right now. For anyone who didn't, just indulge us for five minutes. Um, when uh, Hammer, so the Hammer scored that try and Cameron Munster skipped to the outside on the left, you could just see that the Blues' defence got flat in terms of energy. Yeah. They just were sort of, yeah, we're ready, but they weren't on their toes. You know what I mean? There was just yeah. – and, and Queensland were on. They, they were just – they changed gears and, and you could see. That's why they just skipped around them. So you're right. They didn't um, – and that was, I think, after that player got – sent off for 10 so they were yeah it was so you know new south wales dropped two or three percent what did the opposite team who you know you've just lost a man oh we've got to really you know come together they probably went up three percent next minute you got a six six percent difference yeah Yeah. that's enough um yeah for all the listeners who aren't you know, in Australia, it's 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 very similar to you know over in England with the the football league, and you have got your different sort of um, rivalries over there, isn't it? Some of them are, you know, they get very fiery and feisty over there. Um, you know, I'd like to think uh, we've got a friendly rivalry down here. We certainly uh, loved my time up in Queensland coaching, and I never actually thought about anything to do with oh, I'm from New South Wales until State of Origin time. As soon as it was State of Origin time, I thought oh. Oh, I don't know if I like these people anymore. Something about them. <laughs> something, there's something about them. And then we get out of origin time and I'll be like, hey, let's go have a beer. There's, you know, they're, they're good people. So there's just something about origin time that just makes you, you know, um, feel a certain way. But, yeah, so um, unfortunately for us, the Blues did lose. Um, something that I, I picked up just watching the game, Shannon, and I want to relate it back to swimming um, and in no way show performance, I'm a rugby league expert, but... To me, our our halves and what you would call the brains trust of, of the game, um, the people who are running and putting people where they're supposed to be, because I, I agree with you. I thought our forwards and our front row and the go forward was really good all night. I never felt like we were getting smashed. But when we got into areas to execute and, and put it through, I thought people just looked like they, I don't know, overthought it, um, just, it, it just fear of failure. I don't know what it was. And I want to relate it back to swimming because obviously that's something that, you know, we're, we're two weeks out from trials um, for the world champs. Is, is that something that can definitely happen? People overthinking things. You've been through it a thousand times. Why are you changing it now when you've, you know, does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, one of the worst things you can, a swimmer can do is try not to make a mistake. Mm. You know, you can bet the modern dollar that they will. So, you know, what you're trying to achieve is automaticity. And um, so if you're a coach having to, you know, blah, 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 you know, six or, you know, four, five or six different things before they race, mm, you know, the less you the less you need to say to an athlete before they race, the better, all right? So um, and, and some athletes, you know, if, if you've prepared them well and that, they might need anything, you know. Other athletes might need one thing. If they need more than that, mm, you've probably still got some work to do. Yeah. Yeah, so. no, for sure. Um, just one thing, I don't know if you noticed last night, a lot of Blues players kept slipping over a lot. So in terms of being prepared, how about having some the proper studs in your boots so you don't, you don't keep falling over? Did you see that there was at least two try yeah. opportunities where – we had someone coming over to come and they just slid past them like they were ice skating. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I actually thought, wonder if that ground was ready for that type of game, you know, because mm. it's obviously not played in Adelaide. So, yeah. Um, and just a, a shout out. So obviously, I was trying to get a few people on the on the podcast today, Shannon, um, and uh, the Queensland uh, coaches up there. Do, they've got a, a meeting coming up, so they couldn't jump on. But Brant Best, Drew McGregor, Drew sent back. Uh, try not to sulk too much, Shannon. So, you know, <laughs> he's <laughs> he can't come on, but. He's given his two cents still. Uh, and, um, yeah, and Brant obviously said he, he's happy to come on next time, but he's got something coming up. And uh, he actually saw a lot of uh, things in the game last night that he wants to relate back to, obviously, swimming and how things are done. So um, I, I do like that in terms of sports that, you, you know, okay, swimming is very specific and very different, but you can find parallels and similarities, can't you, if you're really looking into it? Yeah, you can. Um Mindsets so, and that sort of stuff. Yeah, uh, sport. You know, at the end of the day, you're just dealing with people, aren't you? So, you know, it's just a different form of sport, whatever it may be. But if, whether it's cricket, the psychological whole whole uh, area is is people problems. So, mm. absolutely. Yeah, they're probably having a meeting. Um, yeah, last weekend we had some stats. Uh, on age nationals and and open nationals and stuff, and um, one one stat that uh, that I was surprised at was uh, only one Brisbane club in the top ten um, at age nationals. So they're probably having a meeting about that. Just, just bump, <laughs> bump their numbers back up. <laughs> well done, Shannon. Trying to get one back there. I see what you're doing. Um, <laughs> Uh, mate, two weeks out from trials. So the boys, last time we spoke, the boys had started their, their taper. The girls are starting now. Yeah, so uh, they started uh, on Monday. So uh, even though the meet starts on uh, Tuesday, but, you know, just for simplicity, yeah. uh, we started it on the Monday. So everybody's uh, going all right. A few people, um, actually a couple of people were in a bit of a hole on Monday. So um you know, but that's that's not such a bad thing. You've got plenty of time to come out of it. So um, always get a bit nervous when they're feeling good for the first ten days of taper, and then <laughs> go into a hole with two days to go. <laughs> so what a like you seem like somebody who keeps things quite simple, and I mean that respectfully. I know you're very you've got probably a thousand things going on in your head. Um, you you look at every different possible scenario. Um, knowing you for now as long as I do, but I know to the to the athletes you'd keep it quite simple. For the next two weeks, what what are a couple of key points that you just try and keep it to, or, or ram home, or make sure that the athletes are doing? Uh, the, the, something I've been saying for the last two days, um, so it's probably going to be a bit of a theme. Um, is you know you start feeling better, um, and we, we were doing like a yeah, let's call it a heart rate set last night, that you're not swimming faster than what you normally. So say if your heart rate speed uh, area zone uh, A3 or threshold is, you know, 110, don't start swimming 107s because you're feeling good in the water, you know. Mm. Um, and that was yesterday. I gave him a bit of a reminder about that. And I had a, one of the um, girls ask me about Jim because um, she was lifting more on Tuesday. And I said, well, tape is 
probably not the time to be doing that, you know. So you know, as they're starting to feel better, they feel stronger or faster in the water. So that's something to keep an eye on, yeah. you know. So, so that'll be our thing for the next two weeks. Yeah. When do you head so. down to Adelaide? Oh, Melbourne, sorry. Uh, Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. So, um, yeah, everyone, everyone that I talk to, Swimming Australia reckons there'll be plenty of heaters on pool deck in the outdoor pool <laughs> for warm ups and swim downs. You didn't There's something say wrong that with convincingly, this picture, did you? Isn't it? <laughs> did you say that? With oh, it's just something wrong with this picture. <laughs> um, we're in winter and we're at an outdoor meet, uh, outdoor pool, warming up for uh, the major meet of the year. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh dearie me well yeah has, has that happened before in winter uh no oh for a trial because try yeah because we changed the trials and all that sort of stuff yeah normally trials well when i say normally it's it's becoming the normal thing to have trials in winter here but uh mm. yeah many for many years it was in march or april wasn't it so yeah all right again in our, in our just... summer like everyone else in the world who does their trials in their summit. We had a good uh, meeting last week. Last weekend, we were in Sydney um, for a workshop, so uh, it was quite good. Sanders spoke really well. Um, he's up there in the Newcastle Hub program. He spoke really well about energy systems and stuff like that. And uh, um, I did a presentation on breaststroke and, you know, the, the, the footage that I used he he actually filmed it back in 2013 when he was w working in the Netherlands. Okay, and uh, so we had some good catch ups. It was really good because I haven't been overseas since 2017 or 2018 when I came back. It was just good talking to someone who's been in Europe, you know. So it doesn't happen much these days, but uh, yeah, enjoyed yeah, the nice. weekend. Good hey, stuff I've been came meaning out to get him on the podcast for a chat, just to obviously you know go through the the program that they've set up um, up there and have a chat to him about his background and just to let people yeah, you know, get a bit more of an idea of, of where he's been and what he's done. Cause I, you know, I hear every time someone talks about him, I, I hear really good things. Yeah, no, that'd be good. Um, the, I'm probably rooming with him uh, in Melbourne. So uh, if I'm not rooming with him, I'm definitely. What do you like as a roomie? Are you, are you, you, are you quirky? Are you cranky? Are you easy to get along with? Oh, uh, yeah, I think I'm pretty easy. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and I, I'm not one of these guys, you know, how some people, I, I would think, you know, come in and they take everything out of their bag and all that sort of stuff. I sort of keep everything in the bag. That way I don't leave anything behind. <laughs> uh, see, I'm that guy. I take everything out of my bag. Everything's got to be put up because I, then I feel like it's it's home. That's oh, why. Yeah. That's why I do it for that. Like, because then you feel like, okay, this is, this is my home for five days, six days, whatever it is. Um, I'm a terrible roomie only because. So I like air conditioning on. The temperature's yeah. got to be right. So that annoys people because some people don't like it. They don't like it. Yeah. Um, I'm getting better with this, but I need the t usually the TV's got to be on. Oh yeah. I don't know why. It's not because I'm scared <laughs> of the dark, all right, for anyone that's not got to – I am getting better with that. We're starting to turn it off a little bit more now. So it's not as if – and then I, pro I snore really loud. So I'm oh, probably not great to be – You're honest. a shocker. Yeah, I'm probably not great. You're I'm a Barry Crocker. 
Yeah, I don't do it on the, purpose. It's not like I go out of my way to upset people, but just the quirks, you know, just the little things. All right, let's see if we can get this phone. John right. Shaw had some good stats, actually. Uh, one that was interesting. There we go. He better answer. He just texted me saying, go right ahead. Hello. Good morning. Is this uh, Mr. John Shaw? How are you, buddy? <laughs> we're good. Mr. Cox, how are you we're, going? We're good, Mr. John Shaw. Thank you very much for joining us on the Shannon Rollison podcast. Oh, my God. Mr. Rollison. How are you, I John? I am privileged. <laughs> What's happening, Robbie? <laughs> Mate, we're good. We're good. We were just dissecting uh, last night's game, and uh, I thought, you know what? Who better to call this morning than you know, director of New South Wales coaching and see what he thought of the game? Oh. Well, the call dropped out, Shannon, so it didn't work. <laughs> that's what he thought of it. I'm going to leave it there because I think that's quite funny. <laughs> oh, sorry, John. So apologies, mate. That was your... Time to shine on the podcast too. That was not a stitch up in any way. The call just dropped <laughs> out. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep. I'll try and call him later, maybe. He had some good stats, um, <laughs> and oh, uh, one I thought that was interesting was uh, the flippers stats. Yep. So, if memory serves me correct, so there was fourteen New South Wales coaches who put eighteen swimmers in the flippers. Mm -hmm. And there was 18 Queensland coaches who put, I think, 59 swimmers on the flippers squad. So big difference. So, yeah, we've got to up our productivity, eh? So, um, you know, getting back to, I think, what you was we were saying last week, and I think you asked me about, you know, moving swimmers on. I remember uh, Don Talbot saying to me, the problem with... Uh, there's too many coaches in Australia, so this is going back, you know, 20 odd years ago. Yeah, um, it was after Sydney Olympics, so I think he, he retired at one, but he was still around for the next couple of years as sort of mentoring and that. And he said, "There's too many coaches attached to one athlete," and um, yeah, he'd be saying that about New South Wales. So, so the Queensland guys have got at least three on flippers for every one coach and we've got one to one mm. one or there must be someone out there with two but um uh and i yeah as a young coach i never wanted to just have one good athlete like i just felt that was a reflection of bad coaching um so i was always about you know and with don in my ear about that sort of stuff i was always about building squad of of good swimmers, um, you know, so that if that one athlete uh, moved on, there was someone else. So, which gets back to, um, you know, what we were talking about a little bit about athletes moving into senior programs and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, so uh, you don't have to cough up your best athlete, but, uh, you know, You've got a dozen good swimmers. Well, you can't 
you can't you can't do the best by a dozen swimmers at, at open level. So yeah. I guess yeah. that's when you've got to look at your program and you're in a position to bring someone on. You, you look at, I guess, some of the top programs around the world, even in the college systems now, they've got two or three high-quality almost head coaches within that program, don't they? They don't have just have yeah. one top head coach. They've got three that, you know, all yeah. look after different groups and stuff like that. Uh, we're going to try, John. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, your goal as a coach, if your goal is to find one good swimmer, oh, well, you probably will. But it, your goal really needs to be to develop the program and the squad. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Shannon, I'm not trying to cut you off. You're telling, spitting some great knowledge there. Just <laughs> trying to, get, to see if this works one more time. If not, it's not going to work. There's nothing worse than podcast where just you're just sitting there waiting for someone to talk. Are you trying to get John back? Yeah, yeah, we'll try him because I feel bad. You know, he he would have loved that part just being on the podium. He's always asked me, he jeez me up. But when, when are you going to get me on? When are you going to get me on? So, and then the one time he got on, he got cut off within two seconds, <laughs> <laughs> oh, which I don't know why, but it makes me laugh. <laughs> uh, he's not picking up. He's not picking. Up. I don't know what he's doing. Anyway. Um, well, it brings me to, obviously, and we, we touched on it last week, and I think we're both of the same wavelength of what we wanted to um, bring up today, which was, yeah, what we talked about and diving into it a little bit more. It just came up as a question, didn't it, last week, and you, yeah. you answered it really well, and it sparked a lot of conversation. And just even from people listening, I think it sparked further conversations within their own, you know, coaching groups and, you know, coaches we generally – call people while we're driving, have a chat to people while we're in the car. So I can only imagine a bit of this and, you know, a bit of chatting about that sort of stuff and everyone bringing their own ideas and stuff to the table. So transitioning program, Shannon, from, you know, developing an age group program into then obviously a program that maybe can accommodate all levels or transitioning on. But how far away from this should you be looking? It's not something – because to me, from someone just – looking from the outside, I'm not there. But if you're not on top of it, it's going to be, the horse is going to be bolted by the, you know, too late, if that makes sense. You've got to sort of be foreseeing this coming up, right? Yeah, no, I, absolutely. That's where, you know, I think, did you ask me something about thinking forward? Was there a question about, you know, thinking forward? Um, and I think you've got to be doing that, you know, coaching's, a career, you know, so if you're not doing that, uh, you know, you're not going to be ready um, because you've got to, you know, high performance coaching, I, I said to someone, I've said this a few times, it's about everybody finds the answer in the end. It's about finding the answer quicker than the next guy or mm. the next coach, you know. So um, the problem gets solved eventually uh, unless you're useless. Um, yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, uh, I do. I do. I do. I do. And I if just, you are, you're probably going like to be a coach. You, yeah. No, I just. Well, like you're going to be you coaching me. for a couple of years, and you'll move on. So. <laughs> Unless you're hopeless, I got you. I'm with you. The, um, probably where I'm going wrong, Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, you've got a deadline, haven't haven't you? Whatever that deadline is, whether it's Australian nationals. Uh, trials, whether it's uh, the Commonwealth Games, the Olympic Games, the World Champs, there's a deadline. Who wants? 
who's got who's the fastest on this particular day? And you've got to you know, try and develop that athlete um, with that in mind. So there is, you know, you, you're trying to fix things quicker than the next program down the road. So um, question, do you think too many people bring that deadline forward more than they should? So you said obviously a trials or this or that's coming up. If we're looking at planning to, to develop your program to be able to cope, to cope with having uh, all levels, so open levels, age group levels, do you think we're too fixated on, you know, for, okay, for right now, everyone's getting back into training. So what, what are we talking about? 2024 age nationals, that's what we're planning for. Do you think we, we, if we're looking to develop the program, we should be looking at 2026 Commonwealth Games in terms of what, where you want that, does that make sense what I'm saying? So yeah, short term, yeah, so, get it done well, now rather than if you know, we're talking about developing this program, we're talking about looking ahead. Um, how far ahead should we be looking in terms of where you want that program to develop to? Ah, well, four, six years, yeah, you know, depending on, on the age of the person, you know. Are they going to be uh, able to make a team in four years or six years? You know, that sort of, so, and every year in between. Um, when I was at Chandler developing my, uh, the Chandler club, I was thinking who can make a team and when and how can I retain um, my age group swimmers and turn them into open swimmers? Mm. So you, you shouldn't be just thinking every year, oh, Right, we went well at age nationals. Next year, we're going to try and improve age nationals. Age nationals is just a means to getting to opens. Yeah. So if it's not, then you truly have just got an age group program. If you truly just have an age group program and you don't give any thought of developing them into an open swimmer, then every single age grouper, when they finish age group swimming, should be moved on. Yeah. And that's okay. In some respects, could be a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Right? In, in you know, when we were talking about Denmark and, you know, different places around the world that do, do things a bit differently. Yeah, you said you had you groups know, you know, there that did just, the, eight, yeah, between 12 and 14 yeah. and then the next group was 14 yeah. to 16. Or, yeah. Yeah. But if if you want to, um, you know, as you said, make a name and 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 and, and progress through through your coaching, well, you have to start dancing at open level. Mm. Otherwise, you're just going to be known as an age group coach. So, uh, and again, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. All right. It's the Roy Holland story I, I told. Um. But if you want to develop age groupers into open swimmers, you have to have a you know a long term aspect. You know when are you going to set, go to your first open meet? Is it going to be short course because the introduction's a little bit softer than long course? Mm. You know what age are you going to do it at? At that. Um, so you know th those guys who have got people at that right age, they should be thinking. I want to expose my guys to the Olympic trials next year and see who gets a real buzz out of it, who thinks, yep, yeah, that's what I want to do in four years' time. 
they should be trying to get them onto that Commonwealth Games team in 2026, right, so that they start getting that experience at international level so that they can go to that next Olympics. Question uh, based off what you just said, which I agree with you all about, do you, in terms of the uh, professional development and education to the coaches, not just here in New South Wales, but let's say around Australia, let's say around the world, let's take it broadly because I think sometimes there's, there's some poor bugger in bloody California listening to our podcast going, I like it. I just can't relate to it sometimes. It's very New South Wales driven. So mm. <clears throat> in terms of is there enough education and development with our coaches and uh, is there enough conversations being had to educate the coaches and help them understand how to develop that long to that model of how to get the age group swimmers to the as you just sort of said and you you've been there yourself and as you said look so, some coaches are going to work it out for themselves right they're going to do their 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 uh, homework they're going to really study it they're going to think about it uh, some coaches learn differently is there enough conversations being had I guess is what I'm saying around progressing a good age group swimmers through so these coaches have an idea and at least they've got a They've got a fighter's chance, if you know what I mean. Are some of these guys sort of getting set up because they're not understanding or knowing what they're doing? Um, yeah, I, yeah, I think there's got to be more discussion in that. Like we had a really good discussion um, over the weekend uh, and I'm just uh, – Laura sent me through the, the results. Uh, Rackley ST, oh, they came, mate, so – so they're a Brisbane club, aren't they? Rackley, yeah. They're, well, they're made up of a few different um, programs, but, yeah, I think most of them are up there in Brisbane. Centennial. Right, so they came eight. Centennial's so was, in. That's, a, that's Rackley. There's two Brisbane clubs in the in the top ten. But, yeah, they're a bit like the old days of commercial, aren't they? So I remember commercial had um, John Carew, Scott Volkers, Michael Boll, and anybody else who wanted to join the club, you know, so it wasn't a, a one pool deck type club. So Rackley's was probably a bit like that, I, I would suspect. But anyway, so we've got, um, yeah, SOPAC was third, Warringah fourth, Knox fifth, MLC Aquatic. Is that Melbourne? The Victorian one? Yep. Yeah. So third, fourth, fifth, uh, Carlisle, ninth, West Illawarra, 10th. So five in the top 10. So great job by all those five. Mm. Uh, then we go to the Opens. Knox, Pimble, 10th, Cruz, 11th. Hmm. That's what should have been pointed out more on the weekend. Yeah. All right. Um, you know, so... We've got to have more footprint at that open level. So um, so when you're saying, you know, about things to be done, um, it's a little bit like, you know, pat on the back, but look at this picture, you know, yeah. um, and how are we going to make make the uh, the change now there was a bit of discussion and it never got to a conclusion but about you know funding to help some of these club programs with lane space and all that sort of stuff 
And I just reminded people, well, this has always been a problem. If you're doing a good job, no matter whether you're in a club program or a hub-type style program, uh, whether the hub program be, you know, New South Wales one or a Swimming Australia one, you know, those ones up in Queensland, I mean, Peter Bishop in South Australia, I think there's one in Victoria with Craig Jackson. If you're doing a good job, the same problem happens. You end up with too many people. Mm. you know, with whatever your ratio is. So too many people and getting stuck, and Cam did a really good presentation from um, Baringa. You know, he's gone from this pyramid he described and now he's sort of got a straight up and down cylinder and he's stuck with space and everything. Well, that that's just the product that's, a, that's always been a problem. Um, but what you shouldn't expect is... Uh, you know, someone's going to come out from New South Wales or Swimming Australia and fix the problem for you. Mm. You know, you'll be waiting for a hell of a long time, you know. Um, I had that problem at Chandler, came back with five Olympic medals. In um, uh, 2004, I'd been national age coach, 99, 2001, 2002, and no, nah, big fat, no. Mm. <laughs> Hence why I moved from Chandler to the AIS. Yeah. You know, um, so, you know, unless things change, you've you, you got you to gotta do, you've either got to leave your program and get a, a different environment, stay in your program and try and fix the problem yourself with, as I said, you know, your boss or your council, and, you know, it might mean you've got to, you know, run extra sessions, you know. You might have the 5.30 to 7 group and the, you know, 7.30 to 9.30 group or, or something like that. You, you know, when I was at, um, when I started that program at Kungalan, when I was coached in Mattaboot and Rega, uh, Mola Patterson and Jeanette Otteson, I was doing uh three days a week, three sessions a day. And the main sets with Matt, Rega and Janetta, we were doing 9 to 11. Mm. So I was on pool deck 5.30 to 7, 9 to 11, and then, you know, kicking off at 10 to 4 with my juniors, coaching through to 6.30. So um, now if you want to get ahead, you want to get results, that's just part in the parcel. But you'll do that for a while, then you think, I want a better job. And then you'll go find that better job. Mm. Yeah. You know? But you've got to get the results. You know, so and you've got to get the results where people will give you that better job. You are not going to get a, a high uh, end job uh, because you coach some age groupers. Uh, you know, because you, you'll be going up against someone who's got high end results internationally. So it's just what you do, um, especially when you're younger. You know, like time, when I was at Chandler, time meant nothing. You know, I was lucky. I didn't have any kids, but um, Ethan was born December 03, you know, so it was at the end. But, um, you know, uh, you just had, you know, you didn't worry about an hourly rate or working on weekends. <laughs> I know things are a bit different these days, but... Yeah. Uh, 
you know, you just did what you had to do to get the job done. I guess, and I agree with you on all of that, um, I guess the question is in terms of here in New South Wales, let's say that because we've talked about you where we've got five um, top ten national age clubs and we go to Opens and we just don't have as many, which there could have been many factors into that, right? There could have just been a few people similar to you, you had a few athletes yourself that just went, well, we're not going there because the, we're going to trial. So that that's what we want to target. Um, but is the model being shown enough here? Is there enough conversations around, okay, guys, look, this is the clubs or the process in, in which it's, it's not the blueprint for it, but it, it's, a, it's an example of how this club went from a really good age group club and, and went through into producing open swimmers and how they went about it and how they did it. I, I think just from, you know, obviously I've got a podcast, right? So that, that's how, you know, similar to what you said, if, you, if you're not getting your answers, look for ways. Yeah. Um, that's how, what, that's why it started. Cause I just, um, I thought, no, no, I'm going to, it's on me to find the answers. So I'm going to start asking people and, uh, and, and asking different questions. So there's other ways. And for anyone listening out there, by the way, um, you always hear a lot of the older coaches when you go to conferences say, uh, you know, this is my number. Give me a call. Feel free to come on pool deck. Have a look. They actually mean it. I know when you're sitting there, you always think, oh, they're not going to do it. The amount of people I've been had access to or, you know, been able to talk to or um, is, is phenomenal. But, you know, the coaches are, are really, really good in terms of giving their, their time and knowledge and all that sort of stuff. So firstly, don't, you know, put yourself out there and ask the questions because I, I don't think I've been knocked back at all, ever. So, yeah, you know, that, that message was um, said a couple of times over the weekend as well to, mm. you know, just ask and that and... Um, yeah, because people are shy. I get that. Like when I was 10 years ago, I was just sitting in the back, didn't want to ask any questions or because I didn't want to sound stupid. Now these days I sound silly, but I just don't care as much. So it doesn't bother me. I'll ask the silly questions. Um, but, yeah, it, you know, obviously we, we can do that. I'm looking at the podcast side of things and getting answers that way. For those coaches who, you know, do have really successful age group programs, they might not have been top 10, but maybe they're in the top 20 and they're building it and they're getting up there. Where should they be looking, Shannon, for the answers moving forward? Okay, so they've come in the top 19, they've projected, they've got some really good younger kids coming through. So maybe next year they, they feel like they can even improve that further. So now we've got to see if they're listening to this conversation and, and what you're saying, they want to get to that uh, open level. So we've got to start looking ahead. <clears throat> is it just doing your own research, looking into it, finding your own answers? Is there is there certain little um, things that you did yourself um, in developing? Because that's the thing. People always think of you, oh, Shannon does the hub coaching. No, you've developed you know, a lot of those eight back in the day and Chandler with the age group th- uh, kids through to opens, you did that. So, I mean, you created your own blueprint uh, or maybe you had some people behind the scenes that you modelled that off. I'm not sure. Well, yeah, I think, you know, there's, it, you know, back in my day there was there was the coach who whinged about everything mm. uh, and they was generally the same coach that uh, and the young guys around my age at the same time, you know, um, would say, I'm just waiting for the right uh, the right athlete to come into my program, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, uh, you know, you're lucky you've got these good ones, you know, um, and uh, that never happened. Yeah. And that coach, 
um, stopped coaching within a couple of years. And there was probably half a dozen that I can think of that were like that, you know. Um, you know, our program at Chandler, um, we were in the middle of nowhere, all right, uh, had no learn to swim. You were just relied on people coming to your program, so there was no immediate feeder. Uh, lanes were $25 an hour in the 90s. It was probably That's the most expensive. expensive, yeah, most expensive water in, in the country. <laughs> uh, we, um, there was no buses to the Chandler complex, the Sleeman Sports Complex. Mm. It was surrounded by rural properties. Uh, so you were relying on parents getting their kids there. You know, like, like the list just goes on uh, about why it couldn't work but i knew it was great water it was expensive but it was great water um and uh you just where do i want to go where am i taking people and let's go and then you find out the people you know you surround yourself by people who know more than you you don't surround yourself by people who are just complaining because in 10 years time those same people We'll be still complaining. They'll be just talking to someone else who's listening to them, you know. Or if you're really sad, you'll still be complaining, the two of you, <laughs> about the whole situation. Mm. So you've got to get up off your backside and you've got to sort out people who have had some experiences that your situation may have and then work from there. Yeah. Just when you said that, I don't know who this quote came from, uh, but it was one of the billionaires uh, who said, show me your top five friends and I'll tell you whether you're going to be um, successful in life or not. And I think it's very similar to coaching too in terms of uh, who do you surround yourself, who are you having coffee with. doesn't mean they're bad people by any means, so I'm not, I'm not saying that, but just off what you just said, if you're not surrounding yourself with people that are, uh, more experienced and smarter than you and, and able to contribute to you moving forward, then you're still having a, a good beer or a good coffee, but, you know, you, you might not be progressing yourself. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, I was, um, you know, fortunate. You know, I was on teams at a young age, so I was mixing with people that were 20 years older than me, highly su successful. Um, when I wasn't on teams in that environment, uh Scott Volkers, Michael Bowl, Ken Wood, you know, um all those guys were helping me get better quickly. Mm. All right. So um and then I just had that fire in my belly. So so just you, you said there was some great conversations from the weekend. Was there anything else that stuck out to you conversation-wise at that sort of, what was it, a conference? What was it, some sort of a development? Lee Nugent put it together So uh, with John. And um, there was, you know, uh, I, I, I didn't find this out till later. Um, there, it was more opened up to coaches on the Sunday and I think you had to uh it was a bit more directed on the on the Saturday. But I think overall of the coaches that were asked to go, 
you know, I, I'm not sure the numbers. Maybe there was like 30 or 25. Um, there was about half a dozen that that didn't turn up. Mm. Um, so there, there's an issue. So, um, um, and, yeah, I, I was a bit disappointed with the numbers on the Saturday. Um but it was really good. We we got into some good stuff. I would have the only thing I, I thought we probably ran out of time a little bit to discuss more of that transition problem that we you know we, we seem to have, you know, and uh it would have been good to talk about that a bit more. Um so yeah. So but other than that, it was really good. Uh Sander he, uh, he was really good. He was talking about uh Jan Albrecht. Um, style of uh, sports science. Um, uh, Michaela got up and spoke um, uh, about the preparation with uh, Olivia Wunsch um, and the mentoring that I've been doing with her. Um, And, you know, you were just talking about um, going up and uh, talking to people and stuff. And anyway, we... we, um, when she came down from Queensland, I remember she rang me out of the blue, uh, and then, um, but I didn't know her from being up in Queensland or anything like that. Drew McGregor just said, you've got to get in touch with me. And then we had a camp. Um, it was a national event camp. Um, there was like six coaches, and uh, Simon Cusack uh, ran the camp, and I, I was in sort of support. It was at the AOS last I don't know, October maybe. Anyway, so we um, and then from that camp, um, she uh, she brought her age group program into uh, the AIS, and there was like thirty swimmers, and and we did a week in January, which I think we've probably mentioned. Yeah. But she was sort of saying how, and Lee Lee was saying you've got to you know get uncomfortable, and um. And, you know, what you're talking about is asking, reaching out and being a little bit uncomfortable. And, and she talked about that. Like she thought, you know, I was scary, you know. <laughs> uh, Cranky you know, I've told you, people keep thinking that. I don't see it. I'm always got the laughing, happy, cooking Shannon, the Shannon at home. But I hear there's a cranky Shannon. I just don't see it. <laughs> the, um, yeah, on, on a good day, I'm five foot eight. Like, <laughs> lucky I'm not six foot four. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah she talked about how she just made that um that leap of faith sort of thing and uh and and, and you know we've uh we've had some good conversation um and she she talked about that you know and uh with the preparations and things like that and, and some of the things that made her uncomfortable and what I said you know with, with preparation and and in some of her planning and um but she took a risk and 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 yeah uh, Doing anything new is a risk, isn't it? So, yeah. um, but uh, you know, we, we know the, you know, the lines. Yeah, do the same thing over and over and expect a different re- result. Is uh, definition of insanity or something like that? It goes. Yeah. But um, so you, you know, if you want to do, if you want a different result, if you want to go from an age group coach to an open coach, you're going to have to do something different. Yeah, for sure. I think. Uh, even, you know, getting out of your comfort zone, I guess, is another way. But just being vulnerable, that's the word I, I was just thinking when you were saying that. Like it's its its the 2023 version of, you know, 
Back, back in the day, it's the vulnerable sounds like, ah, oh, yes, so you're being soft. What are you being vulnerable for? But it's just putting yourself out there to say, look, I don't, you know, honestly, I don't have the answers. Do you, are you able to help me here? And well, I really want this. Um, one thing I've learned over the years too, just in my own experience, is there's a difference between saying, can you help me? And saying, I, I don't have the answers, but uh, being passionate about, you know, I, I guess just just in your and my relationship you're you've got a really good bullshit detector so for anyone out there that doesn't really understand what that means like it, it shannon will suss out whether you actually really are after what you're saying you're after because a lot of people say a lot of stuff right so yeah. i think that that's got to show through when you're when you're talking to these people that you've and your other coaches and your mentors that they've got to see that passion behind what you're saying. You know, when I'm saying to you, this is where I want to get to, this is what I want to do. Okay. Well, show me what you're doing behind the scenes. No, you're not showing me anything. This, what you just showed me does not show me that you want to get to that, that level. So I guess, you know, as you know, from just experience that I've been through, as I said, I'm not at any of the top levels. This is just speaking on behalf of the coaches who are, you know, uh, at my level looking for a, a way to get through and navigate it through. Um, when you're going to your mentor coaches like a Shannon or a Lee or a John or whatever, yeah, you've you've certainly got to show them that you're after it as well. It can't just be, oh, put your hand out. Can you help me, please? If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, you know, because the, these people they've been in the game, you know, we're talking decades and decades. You know, Lee Nugent and you know Greg Salter's on board now with. Um, yeah. Sorry, mate. I've got a mentor coach calling through. Do you want me to answer it? <laughs> yeah. John Shaw, are you there, mate? Yeah, mate. How oh, are you going? Oh, he's back. He's back, Shannon. I'm going to turn his mic down a little bit. Sorry we cut you off, uh, John, before your, your moment to shine and just dropped out. Oh, I don't think by judging. I did hear the question. I'm not quite sure if I it was in a place to answer it politely. <laughs> which I, as you know, that uh, I don't like to to say anything uh, rude about anyone. But you know, I never swear on that either. So I don't want to set a standard that's not uh, not you know consistent in what you do, Robbie. But that's right. Well, it's very true, John. Shannon and I do try and set a standard uh, and a quality, and certainly in our vocabulary, we try not to let ourselves get too uh, out of place with you know swear words and that sort of stuff. We try and take the high ground. Uh, but when we're talking about Queensland around state of origin time, it can be hard. We, we discussed that at the beginning of the podcast. Um, you know, obviously Shannon lived up there, and I coached up there for a while, and. Um, I still have great relationships with a lot of the Queensland coaches, but around state of origin time, um, I think Gus Gould said it the best the other day, Shannon, he said, they take off their heads and they put on pumpkins. And that's the, as soon as state of origin time, I just think, no, I don't know. There's something about that Queenslander now. I'm just not, I don't know if I'm a fan. What do you think, John? <laughs> um, <laughs> look. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, we were outplayed, out-muscled, out-everything and out-planned and I'm not quite sure what Freddie's doing these days, but congratulations uh, to... Sorry, I can't say that word. Um, <laughs> but uh, congratulations to that uh, rotten colour. Um, mm. And I know that uh, game two will be interesting, so whether there's going to be changes to the team. But, uh, 
mate, look, I look in my wardrobe and every morning I go, what am I going to wear today? Have I got blue, blue or blue? So, you know, unfortunately there's not many other colours that I uh, I uh, put on. So it goes with my blue eyes, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> it might be that, John. It might be that. Now, mate, listen, obviously, um, for all the listeners out there, we were talking about that before when you cut out and you've just joined us and we were talking about uh, transitioning, um, John, in terms of programming. So from an age group level, so Shannon was talking about, um, and I'll put you on the spot here, so I'll try and bring you into it with as much information and background as I can so you're not just put on the spot. Uh, so we were talking about in terms of age group um, coaches and programs here in New South Wales. I think we had five, um, Shannon, I think you said, in the top ten at this yeah. year's nationals. And then we went on to age uh, to open, sorry, and then we had one and I think Cruz were in uh, 11th spot as well. And so we were talking about how can we – um, help the coaches with these programs like a Warringah, like a Manly, like a Knox, like a Carlisle, like a West Illawarra. Did I miss anyone, Shannon? I don't want to miss mm. anyone. I want everyone to get their due. But anyway, there was, there was five clubs in the top ten. And how can we help these guys progress into being a great open program as well or help facilitate or help give that um, support behind the scenes? Uh, is that something from a New South Wales swimming perspective? Obviously, it's something that you guys would have your eye on. Is that something that you're looking at in terms of the education for the coaches and the programs? Um, it's a it's a difficult one, Robbie, because uh, yes, we we are doing very well at age, as uh, Shannon alluded to, and our growth at age has been steady since. Uh, obviously since 18 and 19 and taking out COVID in 20. Um, but it is a difference, different way of coaching. It's a different, completely different attitude from coaching age athletes to open athletes. Mm. And we're just about to embark on it. It's a very exciting time in New South Wales because we are across the board except for one age group, um, very, very strong. And it's up to... Uh, us and the coach mentors, you might say, with uh, with Chris and, and Greg and myself and Nugget uh, out there supporting their coaches, uh, that we can support them the best we can. And that's looking at the programs that are developing those age swimmers, looking at the programs and come up with the best way to support the coaches to coach them better. Yeah, no, good answer, John. I, I was, I didn't, I felt like I was putting you on the spot there, so I was, I felt bad. No, and I, was, look, I, I tried to it, work it, you into it, so you knew where we were heading with with it. So, it, it, it's something that that's been on the table for some time, but the the growth in our coaches has been uh, uh, fantastic. Now, as I said, it's not about the age of the coach; it's about their experience, mm. uh, and that can be you know, taking on different things. And we've had a lot of our coaches over the last two or three years get on teams. Now, whether it be junior teams, we've had some on senior teams, but um, it still doesn't measure to what Queensland have done. But at the same time, our coaches are still being developed at that uh, performance end, you might say. So um, growth-wise, experience-wise, we're headed in the right direction. Mm. Our coaches are coaching better. And it's uh, you can feel it on, on, on full deck. Um, so Australian Open, look, a lot of people were in full work then too, Robbie. It's a, it's a different type of meet 
Um, because, as, as you know, people are pointing out the finals. Yes, it's an Australian championship, but having said that, you look, look at a lot of people that was, were still under a full load as well. So hopefully, uh, come trials, in, uh, oh, it's in June now, we're 1st of June, yeah. um, we'll have a, a stronger representation because we've got two teams being picked there, the World Championship team and Australia A team. So there's opportunities there. So I like to think... Uh, we can do better. Yeah. Oh, we de- we definitely did say that as well. Um, and Shannon even alluded to a few of his athletes didn't go to uh, opens because they were going to go to trials and financially different, you know, things. And you got to pay to go here, pay to go there. Uh, uni students. If anyone knows uni students, you know that they're the poorest people ever. They always tell you how poor they've got no money and they've got no time. They're very busy. They're very busy. They've never met a busier person than a uni student. Um, all my swimmers that go to uni, they're, oh, I've just got, I'm so busy. I'm like, well, just, I can't wait till you, um, you know, are married with kids and stuff like that. And then you really see what busy is like. But anyway, anyway, that's a different story. So now we did talk about that, John, and I guess it was, it was more around the transitioning, you know, as you said, we've got so many great coaches coming through and I think across the board it don't you don't even need to look at the top 20 I think just in general um, when I go out for drinks and coffees with coaches that might not be in that top 20 but there's some really good conversations being had um, and I guess then it's that transition because you, you mentioned there the success that Queensland have had um, and that's at that open level um, which you know we're developing and, and the New South Wales team is all looking ahead that way so I guess that's where that this conversation's more coming from, John. That Shannon and I sparked last week in a in a, a healthy um, conversation. Let's call it that. And then it sparked a few other conversations behind the scenes about, all right, well, we we've got this really healthy, you know, crop of swimmers and coaches coming through. Do we have that roadmap through to get to open so that those coaches and swimmers staying together and go through? Not all of them are, Shannon. We've already touched on that, that some probably need to go to hubs or other programs because the coach and the program can't facilitate what that athlete is after. Shannon, is that that's correct? I don't want to misquote you, but we've talked about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That could be purely from a, a numbers point of view. And, yeah. you know, uh, I led the breaststroke uh, chat on the weekend and did a presentation and, you know, breaststroke, it's a slow stroke, uh, really needs a lane designated and, for, you know, you may just not have that sort of space, mm. you know, uh, or you've got a one-off swimmer who just doesn't fit the rest of them. You need to, you know, do the best thing by that athlete and try to move them to somewhere that would be appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, John, just yeah, just I guess that just bring it into that. That's that was sort of the conversation we're having. That, and you touched on it, and you put it really well in terms of how the growth and where we're heading and we're, we're in the right direction. Is there that model to get to that uh, open level that, you know, there's going to be five um, open New South Wales teams in the future? Not now. You click your fingers and I get that. It's all long-term planning. But are we on the right track and do we have the roadmap there? Well, one one, one thing that could, did come out of the strain, one stat, and you know I'm one for stats, Robbie. Yeah, one of stats <laughs> you do love come it. Out of does love a spreadsheet. I tell you what, I've never met someone better at a spreadsheet <laughs> than John Shaw. <laughs> um, look, out of the we had 328 heat swims, mate, and out of the, out of that, 163 were uh, we had finals, so just under 50 percent. Now, obviously, I'm looking at a finals 
age finals and B finals. But the most pleasing stat to come out of it, right, was the improvement from their heat time. So out of all that, 70, 75% of our swims was an improvement from heat to final. Mm. So that's a pretty exciting stat to have that, uh, that there. So, um, look, will we have uh, 20 on the uh, uh, world championship team? No. But there's opportunities for, for swimmers both uh, to be in finals at, uh, at the trials and also have the opportunity to swim themselves onto maybe the Australian A team, which is a step in the right direction because we've had uh, 10 swimmers made junior teams. Um, we've had three coaches and make those teams as well. So, as I say, the experience is coming. Um, we have to identify those coaches, those programs that keep uh, either putting kids on those junior Australian teams or, once again, uh, coming high in the point score. But then again, Robbie, as you know, you can win a point score with six good swimmers. So... I wouldn't um, know. I wouldn't know what you're talking about. But I, I personally, I wouldn't. I, I, I never talk myself up to. I, I wouldn't know. But I know what you're talking about. Yes, yes. But seriously, going forward, you know, I, I think conversations can be had after trials because then we'd be in a better position. And you know, I can I can tell you who, how many we have in our squad. You know, we're thirty in the flipper squad, uh, which is between five and and two percent off. Uh, uh, number eight in the world. So our standards are very, very high, uh, as you know. Mm. So to have 169 uh, kids inv- involved in our pathway presently is uh, is very good. Yeah, no, 100%. I think um, everyone involved in New South Wales swimming um, can certainly agree that I think, you know, there's definitely a, a shift moving forward and everyone's on board. You can see, as you, you know, Shannon pointed out with the stats, that we're heading in the right direction. So uh, I think it's just com- keeping these um, conversations going and, and pushing the boundaries and envelopes of what's possible. You know, is that that's the pathway. Let's, let's reach for that. Let's set the goal and the standards, which, you know, you guys are obviously doing. And age group-wise, behind the scenes, we keep pushing that way as well. Um, Shannon, before we let John go, have you got any you got any questions for him? I, I did want to ask him what he was doing at twenty five, but I'll, I'll leave that for another day. Mate, I think I was in uh, I was in Bible class. <laughs> did you say Bible class? <laughs> uh, you're a terrible you're a terrible human being, Robbie Fox. <laughs> oh, good lord. <laughs> What a time. Uh, I'm all good. John and I have been talking last No, mate, at 25, I was uh, just a young student yeah. uh, trying to get, you know, develop my uh, where I wanted to be mm. and what I wanted to do in life and uh, never in any hurry to, to make those decisions because things, as you know, all roads uh, uh, are paved with uh, different cobblestones, you might say. <laughs> Please don't quote me on that because I think I just made that up. Mate, no, it sounded good to me. It was well navigated. You got out of it really well. <laughs> Thank you very much, Robbie. I appreciate that. All right, buddy. Listen, you take care. Shannon, uh, always great to talk to you. Uh, we had a, a, a very big uh, performance coach workshop on the weekend, so uh, it was great to have Shannon presenting then as well and did a great job. So there you go. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, John. I'll, we'll talk soon, eh? See ya. Thanks, John. 
There you go, people. That's it's just special guest dropping in. Yeah, now John and I have been talking for the last two days about uh, where we can take that workshop, and you know, sort of uh, with the breaststroke workshop that I did. My sort of opening line was, you know, breaststroke's a Pandora's box. And um, so what my plan is just to keep adding to that talk and the information and almost have it as a working document. And I spoke to Lee Nugent about this as well, that um, we can go to in the future um, and there might be parts of that that we want to just specifically talk about and might be sets and drills and things like that. Um, I'm going to add to some of the video with some other breaststrokers um, over, uh, over the years, but just so that we don't um, lose it so that in 10 years' time, the coaches who are coaching then can have have this to look back on um, mm. and you know, go to. Yeah, no, 100%. That's uh, a great idea. Um, Shannon, before we wrap today up, and I, I just wanted to say for all the listeners out there um, who, who are listening, sometimes you might agree with us, sometimes you might disagree with us, sometimes you might think, what the hell are they rambling on about today? I, ideally, what I always like to do is just create conversations so that way people are listening and they start thinking about what they would do or what they would say. And if you're there, if you're from New South Wales, if you're from Queensland, and you, you might be thinking, okay, well, what, what are we doing? How are we doing it? And it just makes you think if you're from overseas and having a look at your pathways and programs and age group level through to open levels and how you would do that and all that sort of stuff. So uh, hopefully it's it's triggered something in everyone's brains uh, last week and today just have a think about it and create conversation because um, I know Shannon you like to sit down and have a coffee with people or have a, a craft beer or whatever just uh, different types of beers I'm under the lager now I've gone back to lager okay <laughs> but you know what what people perceive as oh he's gone to coffee or he's gone for a beer a lot of the times it's just great conversations which spark great ideas which spark people's planning and programming and, and all that sort of stuff so that's the idea of the podcast for all the listeners. Hopefully you got something out of it. Um, Shannon and I, uh, I don't know if Shannon always gets something out of it. He's contributing. I don't know if he takes stuff away from what I'm saying a lot of the time, but uh, we, we certainly um, benefit a lot, Shannon, from your knowledge. So thank you very much for that. No, I mean, you know, coaching is one of these things, you know, um, you know I think everyone's experienced this, that uh, – someone will talk about what they're doing and then you'll go, oh, I used to do that. Why, why did I stop doing that? You know, because there's so many things, isn't it? And you you end up, whatever it may be, say it's a drill, you, you came up with that drill to fix a problem with a certain athlete and then your current group hasn't got that problem so you're not doing that drill. But there's just so many pages to coaching, isn't it? So, yeah, even with myself, uh, with the conversation that comes up, it triggers my mind, and a lot of this stuff um, we talk about, it, you know, is, is things that have gone on in the past, and um, and it does uh, rejig my memory, uh, and I think, mm, why am I doing that now? So yeah, it's all good. Uh, well, yeah, thank you to all the listeners for joining. Thank you to John Shaw for dropping in a couple of times there. That was very unprompted, literally, just you know mentioned it to him before we started that well, I might be calling him so uh, and appreciate some of those questions at times uh, are probably more in depth than, than a quick five second chat on the podcast can answer so I do appreciate John for 
um, being a, a good sport and, and answering those conversations, those chats. Maybe not the first time when the phone cut out, but that did that did make me laugh. I liked that. So, <laughs> uh, are we back on next week, Shannon, or are you away? Uh, yeah, we can do one more, and then the following week, yeah, we're in Melbourne. So, um, we can do a preview. We can do a preview for the for the week that's coming up. So, join us again next week, everybody. I uh, hope you all have a great weekend. I'm going to go have a couple of uh, celebratory birthday drinks today. Uh, you all enjoy yourselves and we'll see you again next week. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Robbie. Today's episode of the podcast is proudly brought to you by Arena Australia. Arena are the very best swimming brand in the business, whether you're after the best race suits, racing training goggles, training aids, or even team gear for your clubs. Arena Australia are the way to go. If you don't believe me, just look up on the blocks at the finals of most events at either nationals or international events, and you'll see the Arena logo front and centre on the fastest swimmers' race suits. They just are the best. Head over to arenaswimming.com.au right now for all the latest sales and discounts and let them know that Off The Block Swimming Podcast sent you. Today's episode of Off The Block Swimming Podcast is proudly brought to you, as always, by ProSwim Workouts. Nico and the team at ProSwim Workouts have been supporters of the podcast from day one and continue to support the show and the coaching community more broadly with their platform, proswimworkouts.com. Head over to the website right now and become a member to receive all the exclusive content, whether it's programming in and out of the water, thought-provoking articles, or even just sharing of ideas. It is a one-stop shop. And for all those just looking to browse, head over to proswimworkouts.com to find free workouts, podcast tips, jobs available, and so much more. So what are you waiting for? I'll say it one more time. Head over to proswimworkouts.com right now and let Nico know that Off The Block sent you.